Good evening, good evening, good evening. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for joining us again on our weekly podcast for such a time as this. So good to be with the brothers again on this evening to share another word from the Lord. God, we thank you for safe travels. We thank you for allowing us to make it here without incident or accident. And God, for that, we are grateful. Again, to my right is Brother Sam Miller Jr. To my left is Reverend John Mason. I am Reverend G. Lewis Tillman. Together we make up the ministry of for such a time as this, the time is now. And what we do is come together every Tuesday night to share what God has put on our hearts to share with his people. And we just want to take a moment and say thank you to all of you all who have been tuning in and who have been listening. We appreciate you guys, whether you watch it live, whether you go back and watch it a little later on, we are so grateful that you guys take time out to join us. Um, we're just here trying to sound the alarm that one day the Lord is coming back. And we want people to know that God is real, that His Son Jesus the Christ is real, and that everything about Him is real. And I am truly honored to, to be connected with these two gentlemen, gentlemen that love the Lord, gentlemen that we sit down through the week and we just conversate and communicate about how good God is. Gentlemen that don't try to sugarcoat things. We amongst ourselves, we talk honestly about things. We, we can confide in each other, we talk to each other, and we just thank God for one another. So on tonight, we're going to go ahead and get started. We're going to ask Brother Sam if he would lead us with our moment of reflection, then we'll ask Reverend Mason if he'll come back and share with us what the Lord has laid on his heart and lead us in prayer also. Brother Sam. Um, I want to continue um, from last week, honestly. Um, I want to say that <clears throat> um, continue with God has a plan. Um, because that's been something that has totally been, I think, in the, in the atmosphere and everything that we've been doing here at such a time as this, um, because we know that God has a plan. Mm -hmm. And for someone, and, and someone that's listening or will listen, and they'll, they'll get it. God has a plan for your life. And you have to understand that you cannot totally control what other people do to you. You cannot control whatever what other people do around you, what they say to you. But the one thing you can control is how you respond. And your response or what you do is the major thing that will elevate your life or it will take you in a direction that will be destructive of your life. Because in that instant, if you don't take a moment to just think and let that Holy Spirit that's within you 
take over because it's gonna be times that you don't wanna turn up the cheek or you, you feel like someone has disrespected you in a way that you just cannot. But you really can because that humility at that moment is, is gonna show your character. So we have to choose to serve others. We have to choose them even even when you're hurting. You have to choose to forgive. You have to choose to focus on all of God's promises and not your circumstances or your situation because God has already predestined your situation. Your, your plan in your life, he's already predestined. Every step that you take, that choice that you make can take you off course, but you'll come back to that same point again. Until you get it right. Until you, got, you get what God has planned for you right. You'll continue to repeat that whole thing. But those are the kind of choices that lead to greater faith. Then your faith will produce greater joy. And with that joy comes happiness and comes completeness. And when you're complete, there doesn't have to be with a person that you're with to make you complete. That, that may not complete you. But having that full love of God will complete you in a way that you can't even imagine. Because what he has destined for you is far more than what man can give you. So understand that you can control, when you control those things, how you respond is going to be the exact thing that dictates how you will go forward with whatever situation you're in. So I say again, you know, I'm going to stay on this because that's where God has me at right now. So God, when he has a plan, understand that that plan is perfect. It may not be perfect in man's way, but it's perfect in God's way. And we're not perfect by any means, but the love that he has for us is perfect. That's my moment of reflection. Thank you, Brother Sam. Good uh, Just to add to what Brother Sam was saying, uh, one of the things that I've, I've heard all week <coughs> has been people uh, that ask me a question what's going on. Uh, they're looking at things you seem like they're intensifying now uh, to where it seems like every day there's some type of mass shooting going on uh, where it seems like the Young teenagers are the ones that's really doing a lot of this this mass shooting, and people are trying to figure out, you know, what's what's going on. Uh, if you look back years ago, uh, we didn't have this problem. Uh, you could. Send your kids to school, 
not really worried about them making it back home and not he sort of was assured that they were going to make him you know, make it back. And that, that was one of his words. You know. uh, if you went to Walmart somewhere, and, uh, you knew you was going to make it back. You, your least word was that uh, some gunman would come in and shoot up the place. You never gave it a second thought that maybe that would be your last time going into Walmart. So now people are concerned because we have an issue with with guns. Um, seems like they've made it so easy for anyone to access a gun, and, and it seems like they're not really that concerned. As worse gets worse, uh, as things get worse, uh, it seems like they're really not trying to do too much to solve the problem. Uh, I've said it before, and I said there's an answer to the problem. <laughs> Uh, it's not hard at all. Uh, we say it all the time. We've been saying it for years. Uh, Christians know what the answer is. Uh, and the answer is Jesus. And since we know that Jesus is the answer, That's one of the things that we should be doing is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, you can try whatever they're going to try now. I'll be the first one to tell you it's not going to work. Uh, whatever they come up with, they come up with a three-step program, <laughs> six-step program, 15-step program, not going to work. Uh, everything that they're going to try is not going to work. And until the heart of man is changed, his behavior is not going to change. Because his behavior is going to be exactly what he acts out. So until his heart has been changed, you're not going to see change. Uh, I've said it before and I've said it again. If you lock a prisoner up for 20 years for whatever crime he's been doing, whether it's rape, robbery, or whatever it is, when he gets out in 20 years, he's going to do the same thing again because his heart hasn't been changed. His way of thinking has not been changed. And so he's gonna do exactly what he wants to do. And the reason why he's gonna do that is because only Jesus Christ can change. If any man be in Christ, 
He's a new creation. Old things have passed away, before all things have become new. Until that happens, we're going to continue to have this problem. And that's my uh, thought for the day. Father, we're coming for you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for another day that you grant to us, Father. A day that you allow us to see. As always, Father, wasn't a day that was promised to us, wasn't guaranteed, and we have did nothing to earn it, Father. But we thank you because of your grace, because of your mercy, and we thank you because it was not our point in time. So, Father, we thank you because we're still here. And since we're still here, we know that you have something for us to do. And so, Father, we believe that what you have us to do, Father, we're at it right now. And, Father, help us tonight to, uh, to just be able to expound on your word, Father. Be able to help somebody, Lord, that needs help, Father. Maybe we'll say something today that will keep them personal from going to that dreadful place called heaven, Father. That that Father, you don't have to worry about lifting up your eyes, Father, to uh, in hell. But Father, we ask you tonight that you would just open up our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears and more so our hearts, Father. Give us that heart of flesh, Father, that we can be saturated with the truth. Give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding tonight. And illuminate us by your Holy Spirit, Lord. Cause us to see and understand your truth for what it really is. We act that the Spirit, Lord, and the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us into all truth tonight. Father, we thank you for it right now. Use us in a mighty way, Father. That men who are listening tonight will be blessed by what you have to say through us. And Father, when you do that, we'll give you all the glory, all the praise, and the honor, Father. And we thank you for it right now. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Excuse me for one moment. Tonight, we want to look at something, and it's somewhat of a colloquial saying, our topic for tonight. But it's used every day in the courtroom, I guess, when I've been in court. But we want to talk about the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. The truth, the whole truth, not half of it, not a part of it, not some of it, but the whole truth. And nothing but the truth. So help me God. Revelation one day you had told me that somebody said there is no such thing as an absolute truth. You want to expand on that? Uh, yeah, one time I was speaking with a person uh, and we was talking about things that are true uh, and I was sharing my faith with them and they uh, actually said uh, 
there's no absolute truth. Uh, whatever I believe in is truth to me, and what you believe in is truth to you. And say, okay. Uh, so by saying there is no absolute truth, you can't be absolute truthful about what you just said was absolute truth. <laughs> because if there's no absolute truth, then how do you know what is true? Absolutely. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> they gonna tell you there is no absolute truth, but they absolutely meant what they said. So to them the statement they just made was absolutely the truth, but they absolutely disregarded the truth by telling you there's no absolute truth. Right. Okay. Isn't it amazing that when it comes to the Christian faith, all of a sudden what we believe just doesn't matter no more. What 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 we think, what we feel, what we go by just does not matter. But everybody else what they feel, what they want to say, what they want to put out there, they're okay to do that. And the truth of the matter is, there is only one truth. There's only one truth. I often, and people be like, well, how do you know God is real? Yeah, I can be, I can be me sometimes. I look and say, how do you know he's not? Prove to me he's real. Prove to me he's not. I thought about this today. I know your testimony. I know my life. I know some of the stuff you did. And I know there has to be a true God, a true Savior, to pull all of us from the life we used to be to place us where we are right now. It, it amazes me that folk won't say that they don't believe in God, but they'll call him in a minute. <clears throat> oh my God. What, what you calling him for if you don't believe? Lord, help me. Wait a minute. You don't believe him. The problem is, it's not that they don't believe in him, they just don't want to obey him. Because the truth of the matter is, <laughs> is either you, when it comes to God, you either believe it or you don't. That's the bottom line. When it comes to his word, you either believe it or you don't. It's no in-between. It's no gray. It's black and white. It's those colors they want to use all the time. When it comes to God, his word, his son, and what is said and happened, you either believe what we believe is truth or you don't. And if you don't believe it, that's okay. Yeah. You don't have to. 
But there's something inside of all of us that connects with this truth that we don't believe. Because sometimes you get ready to do something, you're like, I know I shouldn't do that. But the same thing is in this word. And Mason, you were just saying about this book that folks don't believe is the best-selling book. It's been the best-selling book. And the things in this best-selling book that were spoken then are truthfully coming to pass now. I think there's a lot of, um, a lot in that is, is some people, and, and this is, some people that, <clears throat> excuse me, some pastors or people that use this book, take this book oh, and use it in the wrong way. Oh, and so now, this this good book and this word in it, it it's, it's, they're taking people in, in, down paths that, they just feel like I can't believe this is true because if it was true and you say it's true, then why are you doing the things that you do? But you're supposed to be my leader. You're supposed to be the one I follow. So how can I say that this is true when what your life reflecting to me isn't what you're saying is One of the biggest problems with the Christian faith is that man and sometimes even the followers of the church who sit under the pastor of a certain pastor sometimes they got their eyes focused on the wrong thing. You look at the man but you look beyond the man. That man is not your God. That man didn't wake you up that morning, this morning. That man didn't watch over you last night. You honor the man, and Paul said, follow me as I or imitate me as I imitate Christ. And that's one of the biggest problems, is that folk always looking at man. Man will let you down, that's true. Man will lead you the wrong way. That's true. That man will tell you one thing and do something else. Never yeah. have favorite words when we're doing it. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get caught up in man. But when it comes to this word of God, again, you either believe it as truth or you don't. And we're going to see where later on the word says that the word is true. And I have this, this, and I don't know, people may not have ever heard me say this before. But if you're having a problem believing the Bible, I like to say, if you can get past the first four words of the Bible, if, no, if you believe the first four words of the Bible, you shouldn't have a problem with nothing else like, what you mean the first four words of the Bible? Genesis 1. In the, be the beginning God. Stop right there. If you can believe that part right there, you shouldn't have a problem with nothing. Now I know people are like, well where did God come from? Who made God? Nobody made God. He self-existed. You crazy you believe that. Okay, call me crazy. 
I'd rather die believing what I believe in Christ and just end up in a cold, cold grave and that be it than to die not believing in Christ and one day in hell lift up my eyes. Because the truth of the matter is two destinations. Heaven or hell. You're going to miss one, but you ain't going to miss both. Good, yes, sir. I see you. Real time. I'm, I'm just uh, sitting here when it, when it comes down to to the truth. Uh, ain't it amazing how how easy we can believe in other things that somebody else might say. But every time it comes down to the Word of God, you want to question it. And it's always a problem with the Word of God. Um, I think truth really comes into play uh, when we take it all the way back to, to the book of Romans. God has basically put the truth of his existence in every one of us. In all of our conscience, he has put his existence in us to where our conscience bothers us when we try to deny the reality of God. And what I mean by the reality of God, when we look at the creation, you, you look at the stars, you look at the moon, you look at the universe, you look at the animals, you look at the insects, you look at every single thing that is in creation. And when you look at it, you automatically know that man could, have, could not have done it that there had to be somebody much more intelligent than man in order to make or create what you see. So there's a truth about that in every single human being. And the thing is, is that they have to come to the knowledge of that truth by believing that there is a God. They've done it. And when they don't do that, the Bible says what they do, they become suppressors to where they suppress the truth. Which means they, they know that a God did do it, but they just want to admit it. And he says that in Romans chapter 1. And I believe it's verse 20. He talks about uh, how men suppress the truth. And for some reason, they do not want the truth. What, what, what is it about the truth that scares people? What is it about God that has us to the point where uh, we don't want to obey Him? 
What is it in man that makes us rebel against God's word? And, and, and you know, you, you look at what we're doing today. I, I look at everything that's going on in the world today. And, and I said it at the beginning uh, of our lesson for the night. That Jesus is the answer. Uh, but we don't want that. And, and you notice how you think about how many Christians do we have? that's going around shooting up people. How many Christians do we have that's going around starting, uh, starting trouble? <coughs> How many Christians do we have that's going around that every time you look around it's the Christians that's doing this and, and doing that? You don't, you don't hear it. What you do hear it's people that don't know Jesus Christ as Savior. You hear them doing things uh, that's causing problems. When you look at the, the teenagers that's doing all of the, the mass shooting and, and, and things like that, uh, I can guarantee you that that person is not a born-again Christian. I guarantee you that that person don't know the truth. And I listened uh, tonight. He says that, and you shall know the truth. And if you shall know the truth, well, what, what, well, what is truth? Or who is truth? Jesus said, I am the way the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Right, so, so what is truth? Jesus said, hey, I am the truth. Without a doubt, I, I am the truth. So if we're searching for truth today, Jesus said, I, I'm it. Your search is over. And you don't need to look nowhere else for truth. You know, I am it. You know, if, if he's the truth, then he says, what else along with that? We say, well, well, well what is truth? Jesus, when, when you're talking about truth, he said, well, my word is true. If his word is true. Man, Jesus ain't real. No, nah, he ain't real. How, how you going to believe in somebody you ain't never seen? Right. Why, why you going to a church worshiping that white man's God? Mm-hmm. You, you you might be brainwashed. Well, the same way I do that is the same way have I ever been to Hawaii before? No. But I believe Hawaii is dead. Would I be crazy enough right now if somebody paid for me a ticket to get on a plane and go to Hawaii right now, all expenses paid for me to go to Hawaii right now, would I get on a plane and go to Hawaii? I sure would. Because I really believe Hawaii is there. Well, the people have been to Hawaii. People can validate Hawaii. Right. You can't validate Jesus. Show me Jesus. Let, let, let me see Jesus. No, I'm looking at you. Yeah, yeah. You're looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> you're looking at it. So what you saying? You Jesus? not saying I'm Jesus. I'm saying I'm a creation of Jesus. 
How you know Jesus created you? Well, when you go back to the book of Genesis there. Hey, you're going to talk about this Bible again, right? I got to believe the Bible. Hey, if you're going to believe anything, you better believe something that's, that's uh, better. But man wrote the Bible. You know it's been changed. How many different versions is it? King James, New King James, No American Standard, Christian Standard Version, the Amplified Bible, <laughs> the English Standard Bible. Which one do I read? Which one do I believe? Yeah, whichever one you want to. Man, come on. Why do you keep going with this God stuff? <laughs> well, you know y'all know I'm playing, bro. Oh, I don't care. But that's, that's, what, that's, that's what people up there, that's yeah. what you get. You're playing the devil's advocate. Yeah, right. That's, 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 that's exactly what, what you get. get from people. Yeah. But until you get to know this man, right. until you understand the truth that, again, I think I'm saying it every week, Proverbs 14 and 12, Proverbs 16 and 25, there is a way that sin of right unto a man, mm -hmm. but the ends thereof are the ways of death. Again, I'd rather die believing what I believe than to die believing like folks that don't believe what I believe. It's true, true. I think the thing is that they would, they'd rather hear a lie and believe that lie than to hear the truth. Which is kind of, it, it's like, it's not a lie if you believe it. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean it, it boils down to that. So we're just, we didn't gotten to the point to where a lie is the truth, and the truth is a lie. If you believe it. So if I believe, if I say it long enough. Yeah, if you say it long enough. If I say the world is flat long enough. You believe it. The world is flat. Yeah. That may be able to hear that lie. And believe the lie and the truth that is right here in front of you. Man, I, I can't see what y'all see. I can't see this man. Y'all ain't never seen that y'all believe in. I can see my car. I can see my job. I see my house. It's tangible. It's visible. But you believe in some dude that they say, y'all don't know whether he's black or white or whatever. Y'all fuss over him being a color. Y'all don't believe that. I, I, what, what convinced me that there is a Jesus? Convince me. Help me to believe in this Jesus y'all talk about. See, I'm talking about this man walked on the water. I walk on the water every time I get out the shower. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all want me to, and you, you, you again, I'm playing. Right. But you got people that done bought into the lie. That there is, okay, and then you believe the people that, people that believe there is a God, but this God ain't the only way. There's another way. Jesus said, no, no, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But when he told these people in John 8, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Mm -hmm. When you look at John 8 in its context, they have brought that woman to Jesus, mm -hmm. caught in the very act of adultery, trying to heal Jesus up. Hey, Jesus, this lady right here, caught in the very act of adultery. Somebody should have stopped. Time out. <laughs> what brother at? Exactly. <laughs> what man? Exactly. Where was he at? True. How are you going to bring the lady? Right. And if you call her, 
The way you catch something is you set a trap. And so they were trying to trap Jesus. Moses said, we stoned him. What you say? That was the Jesus stooped down and stole him. He said that they were persistent, and when they kept being persistent, he was like, all right, let me go in. He did it without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. I preached a sermon one time, and I picked up a whole lot of rocks and took a bucket of rocks to clay. I mean, the church. I told the usher, everybody that come in with Joe, give them a rock. And I preached, drop them rocks. <laughs> you go throw a rock at somebody. Look at your hand. Hide, throw your rock and hide your hand. And the Bible said they started dropping rocks one by one. How did But from the youngest to the eldest, or the eldest to the youngest. And then Pharisees and they started going on. They, they always messing with him. Sadducees and Pharisees. And Jesus basically told him, he said, look, I'm from above, you from beneath. He said, my father by a man record of me. He said, now your rules, your law say the witness is validated by two. He said, the father validated me and I validated him. And the Bible said there were people in the crowd that started believing in Jesus. And he told them this right here before verse 32. He said, if you continue in my word, then ye are my disciples. And, and then, now watch this. That's what he said. And ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Want to know why people don't know the truth? For they haven't started in his word. You can't continue in what you haven't started in. See, the world's word and the word of God are two different words. Right. And now people are listening to the words of the world as opposed to the words of God who created the world. And the things of the world seem better than the things of God. Y'all know, most time, the thing that kept, I'll just say for me, <laughs> what kept me out there for so long was... Man, I got to give up this, I got to give up that. I was having fun. I still have fun. It's just a different kind of fun. But the things of the world, both, both ways have a destination. Mm. The world's words have a destination, and the word of God has a destination. And truthfully, if you're not following or continuing in the word of God. See, you can't be free and you can't know the truth if you're not in this word. You got to put truth inside of you to know truth. Truth got to reside inside of you for truth to come out of you. I remember that one of the reasons David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart. There are my well, that, that's one thing I've always said. Uh, if Jesus is the truth, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay? I, we believe that once we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that we're free. He said, you shall know the truth, the truth shall set you free. I, we understand that, that we're free. But I think most Christians and uh, people think that free stops right there. That's all there is to it. 
But it's more to it because when he said you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. What is truth? He said my word is true. So he wants you to get more truth because the more truth you get, the freer you get. So you're not just, you set free from sin through accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But he tells you right here to continue in my word. Why? Because your freedom continues. It never stops. See, because the more, think about it. Sin has this hold on all of us. Let, let, let me back up a little bit. I said we are born in sin and shaped in me. Okay. Alright, you born in sin, so you're already born in sin. Because all of us who are born into this world are born spiritually dead. Okay. Alright, we're born of sin. Okay. So our whole life is based on sin. Uh, and I give this example. If you're 35 years old mm -hmm. and you got saved a year ago, you're now 36 years old. When you look at your life, you look at who's basically winning the battle. You have 35 years of sin versus one year of living for the Lord. If everybody was to truly look at their lifestyle, they'll say, well, there's still some things that I'm struggling with. And if you have 35 years of living a sinful lifestyle versus one year of living for the Lord, who's winning the battle? <laughs> Be honest with yourself. Are you basically doing everything that you know you're supposed to do? Or do sin have you doing most of what, what, you, what you're doing? Is sin winning the battle? Or is uh, your godly lifestyle winning? Uh, let me put it like this. Uh, when we go to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 where it says, Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Alright? How is your walk? And when we say walk, we're basically, walking is basically a euphemism that means living. How, how are you living? Are you living uh, in the spirit or are you living basically in the flesh? Because what happens is, whichever one that you're feeling the most is going to be the one that wins. And so you have to ask yourself, am I sinning less after a year of accepting Christ as Lord and Savior, or am I saying uh, probably the same? Is there a growth that has taken place? Because, see, the more of His truth that you get, and, and you said it, Professor, uh, uh, a few minutes ago, you said what David said. David said, Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. So I'm thinking, okay, well, 
Maybe the more of his word that I hide in my heart, maybe the less I'll sin against it. So maybe I need to get more into his word. Maybe I need to do what Jesus just said. Maybe I need to continue more in his word. If I continue more in his word, maybe I won't sin more. Maybe I'll sin less. And see, we have to understand there's never going to be a time in this world the way you are sinless, which means that you commit no sin at all. But there's going to be a time the way you sin less than what you're sinning now. And it's a process over time. And it looks like to me, he says that if you want to sin less, then you need to read and study more of God's Word. Because it's His Word, that truth of the Word, that's going to set you free. I was listening to, or I, I saw a uh, uh, statement by, uh, I believe it was Charles Spurgeon. And Charles Spurgeon said that this book will keep you from sin, but sin will keep you from this book. And he's right. They said that when you look at a Bible and the pages are worn out, falling out. Professor, what did he say about that? He said, if you find somebody with a Bible that's all torn apart, falling apart. He said, generally the life of that person who owned it is not, not falling apart. <laughs> Because they've been spending some time in the world. And the truth of the matter is, is we spend time everywhere but in God's world. Sure. All of us could spend more time in the world. I agree. All of us. But again, and, and there are certain things that continuously come up when we get together, the devil has blinded the minds of people. To where I don't want to hear that. It's basically what they say. And you can't get mad at people when they reject you when you're talking about God and His Word. Well, has, has, he, has he blinded the minds of Christians who sing the song on Sunday morning, Amazing Grace? How sweet the sound that saves a wretch like me. I once was lost, right? But now I'm found. Once blind, but now I see. They see on Sunday morning. Because you, you know you do have a lot of Sunday saints. Shout, jump, get happy, do all that stuff on Sunday. Monday through Saturday, you're wondering who they are. Some people don't pick up a Bible. Some people don't pick up a Bible at all, but now the Bible's on their phone. Some people don't even, probably don't even own the Bible. Remember back in the day, most people with the Bible, they didn't, they went to church and stayed in the car. Back in the, yeah, the back window. And sometimes in front. And you know it stayed there because it started to fade. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But some people now, the word is not important. It's about the right now. And that's what people are lost in 
the right now. Right now, I'm, I'm doing me. Right now, I'm living my best life. Right now, I, I, I got to do what I got to do. Yeah, I know God. And you got people that acknowledge God. They acknowledge Him. That's it. They're not going to serve Him. They're not going to give their life to Him. Let somebody get sick in their family. They'll start praying then. They'll even be like, hey, God, it's me. I know you ain't heard from me in a while, but hey, I need you right now. I, I, I'm looking at this. <laughs> And I see uh, when Jesus makes this this powerful statement, and, and this this just hit me right here. He says, uh, "Now you believe on me, every born again Christian that has believed on the finished work of Jesus Christ, that He died on the cross for our sins, paid the price. He paid that price that we couldn't pay, right?" Uh, he says, now that you believe on me, now just continue in my word. And then he asked to this now. This, this, this is the kicker right here. And if you do, then you are really my disciples. But what if you don't? He says, let me say it again. Now you believe on me. Now just continue in my word. And if you do continue in my word, then you are really my disciples. Alright? So what if you don't continue in his word? You think you might have to check something? Because he said that's the validation the proof that you are my disciples because you continue in my word. Uh, I wonder why on Wednesday night, middle midweek service, why, why, why can I ride past churches and count the cars on my fingers? Because when we have a Bible study, when the preacher is there continuing in the word and he's waiting on the saints to come, to continue in the word. 